I'm free. Honey, please. Woohoo! You're going to embarrass me. Oh, but like everyone here, I'm sure, wants to know what's going on. And I will tell I really them. Really don't. It's our 27th year of marriage. Mm-hmm. And on our tw- 27th year, our oldest son, who just turned 21, gave me the greatest gift he could ever give. He left the house. Oh, what a great day it is indeed. Now I can do whatever I want. I can golf whenever I want. I can fish. I, I have the TV remote all to myself. Oh, this is beautiful. I don't see how this is so good. What am I supposed to do while you're off fishing and channel surfing and doing all those random things? Well, you're free to do whatever you want, too. I mean, you can have friends over, go out to lunch. You can do whatever you want. We're free. Oh, that might... Ooh. Excuse oh. me, but uh, uh, would you two like to sit down or are you the new floor show? <laughs> in the mood I'm in, I could be the new floor no, show. Sweetie. Oh, I yeah. could sing, I could dance, I could score root beer out of my nose. No. Really? Yeah. Do not get him any root beer. Oh, okay. I understand, ma'am. We have plenty of people who come in like this. When they win the lottery, man, I tell you, they just fall apart. <laughs> no, no, he. Oh, oh, oh are you going to oh, fall apart? Okay, okay. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Well, he actually did not win the lottery. Oh, really? Well, uh, let me guess. Uh, he made it to the next round of Passion Prime Idol, didn't he? I bet he No, did. but in the mood he's in, he'll probably try out soon. Well, see, I, I, I tried out for that, and I thought for sure I'd be in the top 50 with my jaw-dropping big finish. Oh, what'd you do? Well, I sang that song, you know, the story with the fringe on the top, mm-hmm. and I got, got to the last note... Don't you hurry with the story with the fridge on the top. And while I was holding out the last note, I popped out my teeth with no hands. And then I popped my teeth right back in for the very end. How'd they take it? Well, I'm not really sure. A number of them ran to the bathroom. I guess they've been holding it for a while. Mm. Anyway, what's the occasion? Well, it's actually our 27th anniversary, but... Really? Oh, well, there you have it, man alive. You must be doing something right. He's on cloud nine. Woo! That has nothing to do with me. See, our youngest son left the house today, and you think it's the greatest accomplishment of his life. Well, that is what we raised him for. To leave, I mean, right? Yeah, I guess I'm just kind of worried now. What am I supposed to do? I don't have any kids to take care of. I don't have any more responsibilities. I don't even have anything on my calendar. Nothing. I've not had nothing on my calendar for 27 years. This is just the first day. Mm. Can I offer you a bit of advice? Thank you, Mr. Perry Perspective. Yes, yes. Perry. That's yes, name. yes, you are. And I am her husband. Okay. And I've lived with her for over 27 years. Mm-hmm. And I know her both inside and out. Interesting. And you see, I've been taking this online uh, counseling course. It's called The Psychological Development of Small Mammals. And uh, I would like to put her fears to rest with a simple exercise of the sorts. You know what I'm saying? Well, be my guest. And while you're doing that, I'll zip back and grab you a couple of waters. I'll be right back before that you can say... Perry Perspective. Okay. Uh, It would probably be safer if you wore a helmet at those speeds, Perry. Anyway, I have a feeling he's not going to be back for a a long while. Mm -hmm. So why don't we jump... Straight into your, into your problems, okay? Oh, straight into my problems. Yeah. That's great. All right. So, we'll start with a question. How do you feel about opossums in one word? Gross. Good. 
Okay, was I, was I right or wrong? No, it's just good that you answered the question so we could move on now. And I can only glean so much from your reaction to opossums if you, if you know what I'm saying. No, go on. Okay. How do you feel about um, rats? And one word. Rats? Yep, rats. Cute! What? How can you say cute about a rat? How about disease or disgusting or barfola? No, they're cute. Like that little cute rat from Ratatouille with his cute little ears and had a little chef hat. There was the cheese and the strawberries. So cute. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm not referring to imaginary rats. I'm talking about the real thing here. Well, I'm the patient right now. My word, cute. (sighs) Fine. Okay. How do you feel about the word chipmunk? How do you feel about the word chipmunk? Okay. All right. That's very funny. Yeah, you walked into that one. Yeah, I certainly did. Anyway, let's uh, try a different approach here, Mm -hmm. shall we? Okay. Instead, let's spend a few moments rehearsing all of the terrible things about parenting, okay? I'll go first. You remember uh, when our daughter broke into all the cleaning supplies and drank all the Drano? Mm. Oh, that was the worst. Mm. That was so sad. Okay, uh, your turn. For what? Uh, you tell me a miserable memory of parenting. Can't think of any. Can't think of any? Oh, come on. Remember how whenever the kids got sick, they'd throw up all over me? <gasps> and then I'd just have to sit there and soak in all of their vomit? That was, that was so cute. They were so small, and they were, they were so sick, but you would just pick them up anyway, and you would hold them in your arms, <laughs> and you would tell them you love them, even though it was so gross, it was so sweet. Uh, how's the therapy going? It was wonderful. We were talking about the beautiful memories of parenting, but it's all over now. Hey, uh, what online class do you say it was taking? The uh, psychological development of small mammals. Maybe a larger mammal approach would be more effective when dealing with your wife here. Hey, well, apparently so, because I'm clearly not getting anywhere. No, so. you're not. Excuse me, ma'am, but did you know that you are beginning a new phase of life? A new adventure that could be just as crucial and impactful as your previous stages of life? I didn't know that. Honey, did you know that? <laughs> I mean, I remember reading something about that in my small mammal textbook, but most of them only lived a few years, so I don't know if it quite What's applies in this sub. What's point, bucko? No point. I'm just trying to add fruit to the conversation. If you know what I'm Let's saying. just try to maintain a poignant perspective and forget about the small mammals for now, okay? If you say so. Oh, thank you. You both need to take a deep breath. <sighs> And by faith, rely on the power of God, and by faith, jump into the next part of your marriage adventure. But what part are we entering? The part where you have more time to spend in prayer, more time to mentor young dads and moms who need so much personal guidance are getting very little. This is the exciting part of your life where you will soon get to invest in your grandchildren for the advancement of God's kingdom. Hmm. Well... You know, I thought I would have a whole lot of extra time to, like, fish and travel and collect shells. After all, I am retiring in a few years, so, you know, I could take a break from the rat race. Oh my it's not an issue of what you deserve. And, sorry, I got to apologize. I had too many pixie sticks growing up, so I kind of get a little shaky. There, there, Perry. Thank you. Thank you. But how you can maximize the rest of your life for the glory of God. How you can pile up treasures in heaven for your eternal enjoyment. 
how you can lay your life down for others so that they can, can begin living with an eternal perspective. That's pretty perspective, of course. Huh. You know, I think I'm actually getting this. What's that that well, you're getting? I've been dreading the next phase of life because I thought it didn't really have anything for me. But Mr. Perspective is helping me see that every phase of life is important to the Lord. Is that what you were uh, saying there, Perry? I couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks. But I found a poem on the Googles that could probably say it better. Mm. Each phase of life is new, but don't fear what's ahead of you. Each day will do. There's more to life than just one job. Maximize your time for God. The secret that makes all of life complete is God's glory. So keep adding more to your story and live life for eternity. Push on for eternity. Mr. Perspective, that was beautiful. Yeah, you, oh, you truly have a way with words. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You know, I guess I was thinking the next life was, you know, the next step in my life was all about me, and I was mm-hmm. really looking forward to it. I thought it didn't have anything to do with me, and I was dreading it. <laughs> well, you're supposed to have a lot of time to invest your resources and lives in the kingdom of God, and I'm excited to see how he's going to use you, too. Me, too. Hey, honey? Yeah? Just had a thought. We've been here three times over the years, and I don't think I've ever even seen food here. You know what? You're right. Um, do you guys actually sell food here? Yeah. <laughs> what else do we sell here? Cookie counseling? Yeah. I don't know. It's just I've never actually seen any, like... Food in, in here. You have gotten the cookie counselor. I tell you what, my darling friend. I'll treat you to my big finish like I did on American Pasture Prime Auto where I pop my teeth out at the end, you know. And then I'll get you some lip smacking, mouth watering, teeth popping food. Okay. okay. The Suddenly the I'm not hungry anymore, Perry. Yep. The climax of the off. song goes like this. <laughs> Try not to hurt yourself, with Perry. With the fridge on it. That was a close one. I was once said dentures away from having to say we don't actually sell food here. <laughs> At least not food for your mouth. We're more concerned about the food for your soul. The Home Life Cafe where we serve free spiritual food for the heart of your home. Hmm. That almost sounds angelic, don't it? Maybe it is. <laughs> As a... Uh... As a ministry, we've got a lot of different arms in what we do. And one of the, the arms that we have is located not too far from here, um, like within five hours uh, in Buchanan, Michigan, is this place called Life Action Camp. Um, and so I want to show you guys a little promo video of our camp. Um, and it's a great opportunity. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it in just a second. But watch this video as our team members come around and pass out these books. You just have to be there to know what it's really like. At Life Action Camp, we aim to help our guests pause from the busyness of life, reconnect with God and each other, and then be equipped to head back home refreshed and ready to engage in the mission God has for them. It's vacation with a purpose. A getaway from the stresses of life, sure, but even more. It's real time to laugh, unwind, and be the family God intended you to be. Our 
vision as a camp is to inspire your next yes to God and to bring you closer together as a family. Through worship and solid biblical teaching, you'll be challenged and equipped to live a life of true surrender. The kids go home with a new spiritual fire as well. So if your family life could use a refresh, or if you're looking for one week out of the next 52 that would be worth remembering forever, the next summer, join us at Life Action Camp. To learn more, visit lifeactioncamp.com. So team members, I've got some booklets that they're going to come and bring around you. And you're like, well, I don't have any kids at home anymore. It, it's okay. Bring your adult kids and your grandkids. I think um, last summer was my first experience uh, going up to our camp. Listen, if, if I had known about this earlier, like I'd have been taking my kids there. Um, it was a phenomenal thing. One of the best things that they do is um, the very first night they, they introduce each family. They put your family picture up there uh, and they ask this question. How many times have you been to family camp? And it was amazing. Like you would hear families say, we've been here 16, 17, 18, 19 years. Um, And it would be grandparents with their grown kids who have their kids uh, with them. And so generation after generation after generation doing this together. This is family camp. It's an investment in your families. Um, It's more than just going away on vacation. This is a vacation with a purpose. Uh, We had a kid tell us last year, they said, man, this is more fun than Disney. I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. Also, for y'all, it's a lot closer than Disney. Just going to put that out there. But man, I would love for you guys to, to think about the opportunity of going to family camp. There's a great little brochure on this. You can look at it online. But this is just another arm of what we do with Life Action. Uh, we are truly about partnering with you as a family and doing something special. Jesse, Sarah, come on up this way, and we're going to do our Q&A period, which this is always fun and scary all at the same time. It is fun. Yeah, Yeah. especially when guys like Roman are in the audience. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, thanks, Roman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the first question is, is I would rather not speak instead of bring up controversy. You got something on that one, babe? Do it anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's my bluntness. Um, you, you can't get, there's not a shortcut to it. You have to talk. You have to bring it up. Um, there might be some ways, some smoother ways you can bring it up. Um, I know writing for me is a good thing. And I know that sounds goofy, but sometimes I have to write out my thoughts. Um, writing letters was a really cool thing we did when we were long distance. Um, find ways that you can, you have to let yourself be known. And the way you're, you can let your partner know you is by speaking up and sharing. Um, that might not be helpful, but I think you have to do it. In conflict, I think, I think sometimes writing letters is easier. If you struggle with bringing up that conflict, write a letter, write an email. Um, and even in that email, you can say, Hey, I'm struggling to bring this up to you, so I thought that I would write it so that I could actually get my thoughts out on paper. Writing is a great opportunity to be able to pour it over, um, write over it, then think about it before you hit the send button or before you mail it off. Think about it. Reread it. Begin to make sure that it's clearly communicating your thoughts um, without the emotion in a lot of ways. But it's a great opportunity that even when you're dealing with hurt and other family members um, or best friends or things like that, it is important for you to, to talk about that conflict. Again, remember, iron sharpens iron. And the purpose behind the conflict is to make God look good. 
and to, to bring unity into that relationship. Not even if it's just between you and your spouse, if it's between you and a parent, um, you and a sibling, you and somebody else in the church, it's always about that unifying factor, which takes us, I know, into the next question, unless you guys have got something in that one. Well, I was just going to say to you, I think that um, sometimes we can think of conflict as always having to be a bad thing and that it's always going to have harsh words. And just um, even going into your discussion of, um, of your differences, um, prepare to not go that route, right? Guard against the mean things that can come out. Um, and don't even, even if the other person may have a tendency to move in that direction, just always trying to make sure it doesn't go that way and guard against that so that it can be a healthy conversation. Because um, these are things that we need to be able to discuss with each other and doing it in a loving way. So, Yeah, the other day we talked about, uh, we use the acronym HOT for communicating. So being honest, open, and transparent. And so if you go into the conversation with, with, the, with wanting to be honest and open and transparent of, of what it is, if it has hurt you, or even if you are on the receiving end, having that active listening uh, so that you communicate and you understand what that other person is, is communicating and what they are saying so that there's not miscommunication within that, where lots of times that will amplify conflict if you are not communicating correctly. Um, Next question is, discuss the difference between unity and uniformity. And uh, many times we as people want to conform, uh, want people to conform to us in uniformity as opposed to having equal voices in unity. I think this goes back to what we kind of touched on just real briefly about choose being kind over being right. Um, Agreeing and being unified doesn't mean that we see things exactly the same. It means that we brought both of our viewpoints into the situation and we chose to compromise in certain ways. Compromise, not right or wrong compromise, but compromise. I see your point of view. I see your point of view. How are we going to move forward? So it's not about persuading you to my side or persuading you to my side. Sometimes um, we've got to choose how to move forward in the best way that can satisfy both of the persons. Um, I I think it would be scary for the goal to be uni- uniformity, and I think actually it would be kind of impossible. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Um, because you, in a marriage or in, in any relationship, you have two people with two distinct personalities, two distinct point of views, two different backgrounds and upbringings. I mean, one of the things we talk about in premarital counseling is, you know, there's really... Um, six people in this relationship. You have the wife's mother and father. Uh, you have the, the husband's mother and father. And then you have the husband and wife. And so you've got all of these different factors coming into this, making up who this person is. And so conformity or uniformity, everybody looking the same, acting the same, thinking the same, you know, that, wasn't never, that was never in God's design. Go out and look in nature. Look at, look at the number of trees, right, Jesse, that God created. Like, he didn't create just one. He created a plethora of different trees and different flowers and different animals. and different. God is a God of, man, all of this abundance of beauty and, and uniqueness. It's not about conforming to a certain image. If there's a certain image, that image is Christ. It's about him and him alone, not about conforming to me or my thoughts or my hopes or my dreams or my desires. That's not what the relationship is about. 
It's not about thinking the way I want to think, even though that I think would be better. Right? Like if everybody thought or act like me, it'd be so much better. Wouldn't you like that? Well, the Trinity gives us a picture of that um, complementary relationship that a wife and a husband can have, and even the body of Christ can have, bringing different gifts, bringing different strengths and um, weaknesses to the equation. You know, they're, um, each part of the Trinity has a role, and together they're perfect. And so our goal is that um, perfect unity that we can. Um, I bring things to Ryan that he doesn't have. He brings things to me that I don't have. And, and there are things that I need. Mm-hmm. Like I, when I begin to recognize that, that her strengths are my weaknesses in a lot of regards, it truly makes us better as one. Um, when I see that, and even in the body of Christ, Listen, you have different strengths that I don't have. Guess what? I need you. The church needs you. The body needs you to be you, not to be somebody else. I lived a lot of my life trying to be somebody else because I looked at their life and thought, man, they've got it all together. They've got the right stuff. They're doing this. Gosh, I wish I had that. I wish I could do. And God the whole time is going, Ryan, I created you to be you. The body of Christ needs you to be you. Um, and that's, that's not a conformity issue. That's a uniformity. We are one body, one mind, one soul, one spirit. We have to be open to that. We have to lay down our pride and realize that there are other point of views and not have that my way is the best, my way is my way or the highway mentality. We really do have to humble ourselves and listen and um, try to see it from someone's point of view. Got anything, Sarah? One of the things that we did... Um, as I was training new people when they came into the business was initially it started out with uniformity. I wanted them to do things a certain way, particularly because of safety. Later, I, I trained them in the why behind why they were doing what they were doing. And so I did the same thing with, I try to do the same thing with our children. We, we try to do the same thing. So as we study together, getting to the heart as to why you do that. Because then at that point, you become unified, and as you become unified and you see what that ultimate goal is, which is to is working towards Christ as, to, as, as a husband and a wife or as parents raising children working towards Christ, it will actually give freedom. Because once you know that the heart is in the right place and you're moving towards the same goal, it, it requires, it, well, in using like the parenting model, you, as they get older, you go more so towards coaching than you do towards discipline. So, it's good. Anyway. Um, final, not final question. Uh, another question is, uh, how do parents present a unified front? Is there scripture about this? And should children come between parents in their decision making? Ooh, that's fun. Sarah, you got a verse on this one? I do. I guess the, the verse that always comes to my mind when I think about this would be Genesis 2.24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So after we pursue God first, we're supposed to pursue our spouse second and put them second in our lives. And so if we're doing that, we are going to be unified, right? That's, that's what our goal would be. Um, and so, And then children come after our marriage. Um, and it's easy to kind of start getting those mixed up, right? Sometimes I, I struggled. I put Jesse above God at some times, and I had to work through that. Um, but keeping that correct order 
um, that's going to help in your unity um, together as a husband and wife and as a family as well, so that your kids see that they can't divide you. Mom and dad are one together, right? And they can't put you against each other um, or anything like that. That's really important. And they'll try, won't they? Yeah, like Jesse said, he, when he was coming home from work and the kids would say, hey, can I do this? And, you know, it, it's really easy for the kids to jump in and divide. They, they want to divide and conquer because they want their way. And I think this is an exception to the, like, you know, letting your kids see you disagree. Um, walk into the other room and disagree. You're going to disagree about parenting things. You just are because you're coming from different places. Um, I really do think we need to respect each other and say, hey, let's talk about this, in front, you know, in the back. And then we'll come out and we've made a decision. And it doesn't matter what mommy thought and what daddy thought. What matters is what we decided to do together and holding to that. You know, not later like, yeah, well, that failed. Well, I told him not to do that. That wasn't what I wanted to do. That wasn't, you know, like choosing to be united and choosing to do it. Um, And once you've decided not to go back on that and not letting, I think that is something we can protect our kids from is that back and forth, how we got to that decision. They don't need to know about that. Yeah, they sometimes need to know the ugliness uh, or the details. I think one other thing to, to think about, the scripture talks about leaving your father, the, the man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Um, sometimes we let um, other people, even our parents, get in the middle of our relationship. Um, it's important to guard even in that. Um, you know, I have the best intentions for Josh and for Abby both. I want them to succeed. But if I'm not careful, I can insert myself where I shouldn't insert myself. And part of Abby and Josh growing up is that this is their family unit. Um, I joke around and say, listen, when Micah and Zeke are at our house, it's, it's Pop and Gigi's rules, not Mom and Dad's rules anymore. You know, if they want to have ice cream for breakfast, they can have ice cream for breakfast. But you know what? I still have to honor Josh and Abby as their mom and dad. And so we have to come alongside them and say, hey, how are, how are you two you know, going to raise them? Well, what are the values you want to put in? And then we get the opportunity to, to help elevate them in that regard and honor them in their marriage. And so we've got to be careful to guard against letting anybody get between us as husband and wife. Um, whether that be our kids or whether that be our family members or whether it be you know, somebody at work or a best friend or you know, even good advice sometimes can come in and destroy things because, well, it sounds good, but let's always go back to the biblical side of things. What does the Bible say in stuff? Um, what is the truth of the matter? Um, just because it's the way I was brought up doesn't necessarily mean it's the right way. Sometimes it's not people that get in the way, it's principles um, or even tradition at times. So uh, it's important that we, we be united because we are one. And working to prefer each other, prefer each other. Kids take up a lot of space and emotional energy and physical energy, and they demand your attention. And everything they do is urgent. You know, you just get can get carried away by the urgent. Um, It takes a lot of work to continue to prefer your spouse, their opinion, their time, their place in your life. Um, It's a struggle. I admit, Um, there. I'm just like Sarah. There are times when I've gotten it off and I've had to like, nope, realign and um, come back to that priority list of God, spouse, kids, other, even though other is big too. Yeah. And I think the other thing that, uh, that Sarah and I try to do is 
in that talking daily piece that I talked about the other night, it is important to, to in that, in that intentional time that you have together to talk about things that, that may start to divide you. And what are those, what are those key trigger things? We have a couple of our children, uh, love to know what the plan is for tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And so they're always asking. I don't know where they get that. (laughs) I do. Um, It's not me. So, um, so they, they always want to know. And so they're always questioning me. What are we doing? What are we doing? Because lots of times I will say, this is what the plan is. This is what we're going to do. But if I haven't talked to Sarah, I cannot necessarily, she is actually the keeper of the schedule for our home. And so I need to make sure that I don't speak. I might have an idea, but there might be something already, already there. And so I have to be very careful not to, not to say something. But the, the kids will always try to find some way to get in and get to do something fun and when we maybe don't have time to do that. I like that, Jesse. I wanted to say one more thing. Dads can really help, and moms can do it too, but Ryan's really good about, like, we're a team. You know, reminding our kids, saying that out loud. I love your mom the most. We're together. Remember when we would choose date nights and leave the kids at home? Yeah, and not feeling guilty about that and knowing that we're modeling, that we prefer each other and that we love each other. And we would jokingly like, you know, I loved your mom first. Like, that's real, you know? And I'm when you leave, my life with we're going to yeah. be together forever, and you're going to do your thing. And, like, just making sure they don't get it twisted in their mind that somehow they're first. Because, you know, the world's already telling them they're first in a lot of ways. You know, do what makes you happy. Do what... Nope. You know, you're not first. Um, there, are, there are things that need to be in priority. All right. Uh, how do you keep choosing joy? in your relationship? How do you keep choosing joy? Um, I I think one of the things is, Jesse and Sarah talked about it, enjoying each other, finding out what we like to do together. Like, I mean, yesterday was fun, going to Bay Beach together and just... We rode the roller coaster and the bumper cars. And the Ferris wheel. Um, We ate hot dogs and, you know, I mean, it was... It was fun just to be together. We, we found things that we enjoy, um, and that keeps the joy in the relationship, even though we're, we're um, you know, 24 years almost into this thing. I, I want to be 63 years in it and still be in love with my spouse, you know, still know them. My, my mom threw every, her identity was wrapped up in us kids. My mom was a homemaker. Uh, she stayed at home and did an amazing job of taking care of us. I mean, we had lunch boxes when we went to school and paper bags when I got in high school. I mean, mom cooked our lunch, our meals. She washed clothes, ironed clothes. I mean, my mom was an amazing mom. But when we left the house, my mom lost her identity. My parents had to then find each other again. They weren't just roommates anymore. They're having to find things that they like about each other and they like to do together. And so I think it's always important to to choose that those things and know, man, this is what we enjoy. We enjoy traveling and so we, you know, load up in an RV and live. Uh, we enjoy going to the movies and eating food. We love food. So we love going to new cities and trying new things. Like, you know, we're in Wisconsin. What are you going to eat? Let's have a cheese curd, whatever that is. And then you research it and you find out that, you know, that's the stuff that's on the top of the cheese that you're like most people would throw away because it's, you know, starting to go right. But it is delicious. Like, that's some good stuff. But, you know, we get to try some things like hot beef in Iowa. Who would have thought hot beef was a thing? But 
It's delicious. I also think serving together, I know we keep saying this, but doing things that um, bring out our purpose and our passion, you know, we can always find common ground in the things that God created us to do. And we're doing those together. It, it, it really infuses our, our relationship with that energy and that passion. Um, we can be feeling all the things and be doing this for the Lord and remember the big picture and find that joy again. Um, I'm one, I have to be careful how much I take on and how much I do um, because I'm, like I said, I'm task-oriented, so I'm just going, going, going all the time when I see things that need to be done. And so I have, that can suck the joy from me. Um, it does, and so I have to be careful and remember to stop and have fun. Um, and I have fun with my best friend, right? And so carving that time out to um, to seek after joy. Sometimes we have to seek after it. We can't, it's just not going to come. Or, you know, I mean, God brings us joy, but to seek after it together too. I mean, I think that's really important. <laughs> what, what you got there, Jesse? Are you choked up because she said you were her best friend? Oh, or yeah, I know, making me blush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it, the I guess where I'm thinking or what I'm thinking with this is we we can have really good conflict. Um, Sarah and I are both very high, highly competitive. We are both very argumentative. And so when I'm thinking of you have to choose joy, you've got to choose joy in the hard times too. And knowing that uh, I know that she is my best friend, and I know that she, we are going to, to be together, but we're trying to work that out. And trying to do that and choosing to do that in such a way that is not out of anger, that is not out of bitterness, that is not out of um, uh, even fear, uh, so that we are we are choosing to do something out of joy, out of out of a fruit of the spirit, not out of something that is not. And so, chasing after God in that way through our relationship and in how we interact with each other. Awesome. Any other questions, Jesse? Phone has not buzzed. Yes. Thank you, guys. Um, again, we don't have all of the answers. We're speaking from our experiences and our lives and the truth that God has brought up to us in some ways. And some things we're saying, things that counselors have told us because we've asked some of these questions as well. Um, Thank you guys for being involved with us in this today. Um, We've got 15 minutes, so can we dive into this last session quickly? Is that okay with you guys? If you guys listen quick, I'll talk quick. Um, Is that cool? So um, thank you, Jesse and Sarah. Um, We're going to talk about leaving a godly legacy I'm learning to to outlive your life. We all have a need for significance. I'm knowing that we're making a difference, knowing that what we're doing matters. Um, The measure of the difference we are making is what we would call legacy. Um, Legacy is what we leave to others. Um, And so we've shown you pictures of us as, you know, the first time we met each other, where we liked each other, all of that. And so, Jen, you get to talk about this. Here's my favorite picture. Here we go. That's all of us. Um, the, these are the physical manifestations of our legacy. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and for those of you, you know, can't remember, Abigail is holding Micah, Josh is <laughs> holding Ezekiel. Those are the little jewels in our crown we almost of go this little baby family. Shortest to tallest, baby. You should have been just 
a little bit over that one. <laughs> it's humbling to see. <laughs> it's humbling to see how God like literally multiplies your family and literally um, expands it. And we don't feel like we've lost Abby. We feel like we've actually gained Josh. And that's our next picture is um, our family tree has grown. And Abby and Josh are, have created their own branch. And now look at the fruit that they have here. Look at Micah. He is so... Mm. Oh, We're going to go see him on look, Monday. Look at Micah. And oh, we'll then, Tuesday by the time we get there. Listen, grandchildren are the reward for us not killing our teenagers. Okay? Amen. Let's just be real. Okay? Yeah. Nighttime is the time that we um, refill with grace so we can um, live through it. And Micah and Zeke are, are truly a blessing to us. So, um, But like we said, our job is not finished. We are, we are already thinking of the ways that we can intentionally influence our grandsons for the Lord. And just like we do with our kids, and maybe even more because we actually have more um, brain capacity than we used to and um, more time, more flexible time. Um, to intentionally lead them to the Lord. Well, and remember the goal is to raise God-fearing humans who love God and love others, who will then raise God-fearing humans who love God and love others. And I think one of the neatest times was, um, I was telling somebody, we were in Pickens, South Carolina, um, and Josh and Abby and the boys came up to be with us for that conference. Um, and they stayed in that RV out there with us, me and Jen and Josh and Abby and our little dog and Micah and Zeke. And so that spacious place became a really tight space. Um, but it was sweet because we were sitting down here um, during worship time and Micah, um, just nobody teaches them this, uh, at least not that I know of, but like Jesus music comes on and Micah just starts raising his hands. I think he's got a little Bapticostal in him. Um, and so he just, he just starts raising his hands and then the music gets over and here's Micah's response. Mo. Oh, meaning I want more. Please keep singing more. Um, and we tested it. Like yeah. a Taylor Swift song will come on. He just claps. Jesus songs. Hands up. Yeah. And it's like no one taught him that. No one is overly demonstrative. I don't know. I was yeah. like, do you guys do that at church? And Abby's like, mom, he just does it. And I yeah. was just like, his little spirit inside is just the Holy Spirit. Like he just knows yeah. To give God glory. Here's the legacy principle. What we do today will directly influence a multi-generational cycle of family traits, beliefs, and actions for good or bad. Kurt Bruner says this, um, that what we do today matters for tomorrow. Think about this. Um, watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions because they become your habits. Watch your habits because they become your character. And watch your character because that becomes your legacy. So we've got to guard everything. We've got to guard from the very beginning our thoughts. And we still as grandparents need to realize that our job is not finished. We still have work to be done. Um, they're still watching us. They're still one of the hardest decisions for us to do. Well, part of the decision I know for me was when we chose to go with life action, we knew that that would change my idea of what being a grandmother looks like. You know, um, grandma's like coming to the house for Thanksgiving, all the people coming, cooking the big meal, doing the thing, Christmas, all the things. And, um, but I, I remember the Lord ministering to my heart and saying, but what greater gift are you giving them to show that you're obedient to follow Christ no matter what? 
And so I remember so clearly that confirmation of I may be jumbling up the the view I had of what I thought my grandma years would look like. But I am showing um, Micah and Zeke and my girls and their husband and husband-to-be um, what it looks like to be obedient to Christ. And that's a greater legacy than we came to Grandma's house. And I, I do mourn the Grandma's house thing, but I know I chose a, a bigger model for them to see. Yeah, now they get to come to Grandma's trailer. Um <laughs> They might really think that's cool. Yeah, I don't know. They might think that's awesome as they get older. They're going to be like, we're going to go live with Gigi and Pop. Um, so here's some steps to outlive your life. The first step, live with God is number one. I know you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, everything has to start with God. Everything. Have you figured that out yet? Every aspect of life starts with God as the foremost. He's the pinnacle in our life. He's the person who's at the top. Look at Psalms 103, 17. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children. We've got to continue to love God. The love of the Lord remains forever to those who what? Fear him, who have a healthy response, a healthy relationship, a healthy fear, remembering that he is God and I am not. And that goes on to our children and to our children's children and to their children. So we, we... as adults, even as we advance in our age, it never stops being God's number one. God is the first person. Yeah, next we need to live with integrity. Um, we don't get to wash our hands and be like, whoo, that's over. Now we can live how we want. There's no time for a midlife crisis. We got to keep trucking along. Proverbs 27 says, the godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. Um, we, we worked really hard not to be a rules-focused family, but to be more of a value-based family. Um, so there were characteristics that we, like, drilled into our kids. Um, respect. If you ask Hannah what respect is, she can say, responding with words and actions that show others they are important. There were just things that we built into them. Honesty. Team Raymond. Raymond's tell the truth. Um, hard work was an ethic that we really pushed, like, Hard work. God is pleased with hard work. Hard work. If you're going to work, work hard. Um, hospitality, generosity, um, never giving up, serving others. These are the things that in our decision making, we were like, should we do this? Does this line up with what we're about and what we're, what we want to do for God? And so it really helped, um, in our integrity. And we have to still maintain that for our grandkids. And we honestly hope that some of those things pass through to our kids and how they are going to parent their kids. Integrity is simply this, upright, righteous, blameless, honest, reliable, trustworthy. Integrity is being a person of your word. You have integrity if you, one, do what's right when no one is watching. If you'll do the next right thing, even though nobody might not ever see it or know it, you still choose to do what's right. That's a person of integrity. Uh, A person of integrity is someone who keeps their word when no one is checking up on you. When no one is coming back to circle back around and say, did you do what you say you would do? That's a person of integrity. You have integrity when you keep your word. Um, The third thing that, that we should live for is this, live with purpose. Live with a purpose. 
Probably the greatest thing that we obeyed God in our early years of parenting was that serving piece that we talked about. Um, not thinking that, oh, we'll serve when our kids get older, we'll serve when they're teenagers, we'll serve when they're young adults, but actually taking Hannah on the mission field when she was small um, was the best thing we ever did to give them the perspective that they needed um, to live in this world. We, went, we had to almost go to a third world country for God to show us how to serve here. And it just broadened their perspective. It helped them to include others. It helped them to be aware of the needs around them. It helped them give that servant attitude um, that they weren't going to get here in this first world. Um, This first world is telling them that, you know, they have, um, they're entitled to things and they deserve this and they deserve that. And then we went to Haiti where children had no clothes and no food and all, all of a sudden, it rewrote in their mind what what people deserve and what people have. And so I'm really grateful that God put that on our hearts. Um, you don't have to go to a third world country to learn that. We can, we can teach them, but, um, you know, get them out, get them that broader perspective. Um, I look forward to taking Micah and Zeke to places that they can serve with us, even in local ways. Um, knowing that they can be a part of God's kingdom and what he's doing in the world. Proverbs thirteen twenty two says this, Good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. I think so many times we can get caught up in, I'm leaving, the legacy that I'm leaving is the inheritance. It's a money thing. Um, it's more about money. Scripture says that it's better to have a good name than to have wealth. Uh, the integrity that we leave for our kids is in our name. It's in who we are. Um, we used to say this to our girls all the time. We are Team Raymond. And as Team Raymond, Jen talked about some of the values that we do. Um, I'll never forget the first year we couldn't go to the Dominican because our missionary friends moved off and they did something else and it wasn't conducive for us to go and visit them and do ministry alongside them. Um, and I remember my girls crying, going, Dad, this is what Raymonds do. Raymonds go to the DR." And I was like, wow, okay, let's play the guilt trip a little bit on this one. Um, but man, how, how great is that? That my girls begin to understand that Raymonds serve. Raymonds are doing about these things. So when living with purpose, there's some things that we've got to learn to do. The first thing is learn to say no. Sometimes we have to say no. Even as grandparents, when I don't want to say no, because guess what? I now get to have all the fun, Right? And none of the responsibility. I can sugar them up and send them home. I can give them all of the great toys. I can take them to the store and they go, I want. And I go, great, I buy. It works out really well. But I I need to learn to say no to some things. Um, I need to learn to say no to some opportunities. I need to learn to say no to some some things that, that look good and are good, but they might not match with the purpose of integrity in my life. I need to avoid comparison. It's really easy to be like, well, man, I I don't have what they have. You know, I mean, that's hard for for me. I'm 47 years old. Guess what? I don't own a house. I own some cars, but they all belong to my kids. I, I let them drive them. They're theirs. But everything I own is in a single car garage storage unit in Palatka, Florida. Everything. I don't own a house. I don't have a retirement plan. I mean, my real good friend of ours is a financial planner. And she said, what's your retirement plan? And I said, to die. (laughs) She said, that's not a good plan. I said, oh, it'll work every single time. 
I mean, it's 100% going to happen. I will, I will die, but you know what? I could easily get into the comparison game. Stay out of that comparison game. Quit comparing yourself with the people down the street or with the in-laws or with somebody. Just stop. Be who God has created and asked you to be. Second thing, invest with value. Invest with value. What is it that, that brings the most value into your family and make those investments? They could be financial investments, but I guarantee you what your kid needs more than your money is your time. What your grandkids need more than your money is your time. And that leads us into the fourth thing about how to outlive your life. Live with blessing. Live with blessing. I'm going to share a couple of scriptures and then I have a really cool thought on this. Genesis 31, 55. Laban got up early the next morning and he kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and he blessed them. Then he left and returned home. He was, he was praying God's blessing upon their life. God, would you be with them? Would you watch over them? 2 Timothy 1, 5. I remember your genuine faith for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now that same faith continues strong in you. Um, I'll never forget my grandma and grandpa. They were, we were real original. We didn't have Pop and Gigi. We had Grandma Dunn and Grandpa Dunn and Grandma Raymond and Grandpa Raymond. I mean, real original in that regard. Um, but my grandma and grandpa were divorced before I was, was born. They got a divorce. But you know what? They still stayed active in my life. My grandma, every Friday, would pick me up as a little boy on her way home from work for me to spend the night with her. And then my parents would come and pick me up at some point on Saturday. Uh, my grandpa Dunn owned a, an auto repair business and an and a auto shop place, you know, where you would sell parts and stuff back in the day when all of that was in one thing. Um, and so he'd, he'd come and pick me up and do ride-alongs with him. Like, hey, let's go pick up parts and deliver parts. And while we're out, let's stop at Steak and Shake for a grilled cheese and a strawberry milkshake which is probably where I got my love for strawberry milkshakes. It just dawned on me why I like strawberry milkshakes so much. Um, you know, my grandpa was with me when, when I caught my first fish. Like, those are great memories that I have with my, fam- with my family. But can I tell you the best legacy they left me? Christ. My grandma Dunn was my Sunday school teacher growing up. My grandpa Dunn to this day sends me passages of Scripture. In a text message. Hey, have you thought about this? Hey, I found this. Hey, I was praying this over you. You're praying this over me? Thank you, Grandpa. Thank you, Grandma. Be that blessing. Genesis 48, 9 says this. Yes, Joseph told him. These are the sons God has given me here in Egypt. Remember the story of Joseph. His brother sold him into slavery. He was completely separated from his family. Ups and downs, all of that, right? And it says this. And Jacob, who is his dad, says this. Bring them closer to me so I can bless them. We have the opportunity to really bless those that are around us. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about biological and non-biological kids. And Ryan alluded to this a little bit before, but we aren't um, just leaving a legacy for the kids God gave us through our blood. God has given each of us influence um, influence on all a lot of others. Older women influencing younger women and mothers, and you influencing other people's kids and other people that God's put around you, your neighbors, the people you interacted with at school, the people at this church, the kids at this church, the students at this church. 
Legacy is that awareness of like, what am I leaving behind that's going to outlive me in all areas? And I know um, in our last church, we had a really sweet testimony time. And um, one of the um, staff wives was having trouble conceiving. And um, I remember we having this conversation and I know that she's influencing a lot of people. And I just remember saying, you do know you already have a lot of kids, right? And her eyes got this big. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, all those youth girls that look up to you that you take to get ice cream and you do this and you do that. And she was like, yeah. And then we started counting through all the things, the people, the ladies that she reaches out to, the friends that she has, um, students. She's a music teacher. Students that she's had over the years. Hundreds of people that she's had the opportunity to invest in. And so we do need to broaden our hearts and our minds to be aware. Who am I leaving a legacy with? It's not just those people. Primarily, yes, it is our children and our grandchildren, but God has given us spiritual children. And so having the opportunity and having that mindset of who am I influencing for eternity every day? We want to close with this video clip taken from the the movie War Room. Um, And so watch this as we wrap up. done it again Lord you've done it again you are good and you are mighty and you are merciful and you keep taking care of me when I don't deserve it praise you Jesus you are Lord give me another one Lord Guide me to who you want me to help. Raise up more that will call upon your name. Raise up those that love you and seek you and trust you. Raise them up, Lord. Raise them up. Lord, we need a generation of believers who are not ashamed of the gospel. We need an army of believers, Lord that hate to be lukewarm and will stand on your word above all else. Raise them up, Lord, raise them up. I pray for unity among those that love you. I pray that you open their eyes so that they can see your truth, Lord. I pray for your hand of protection and guidance. Raise up a generation, Lord, that will take light into this world. That will not compromise when under pressure. That will not cower, Lord, when others fall away. Raise them up, Lord, that they will proclaim that there is salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. Raise up warriors, Lord, who will fight on their knees. 
who will worship you with their whole hearts, Lord. Lord, call us to battle that we may proclaim you King of kings and Lord of lords. I pray these things with all my heart. Raise them up, Lord, raise them up. God, would you just raise him up? Would you raise me up to be a man that leaves a legacy of loving you and loving others? So is there any area of your life where you need to be more intentional to leave a godly legacy? Is there an area that you've got to begin to work on? It says, you know what? I will be intentional about that. I will not do it by accident, but I will start doing it with a plan. You still have the opportunity. You're still breathing. You're still alive and active and in this game. Go and leave a great legacy. Let's pray. Lord, I don't know of any more powerful prayer than what we just heard. God, would you raise him up? Would you give each of us, God, the next person, Lord, that we need to begin to invest in? Lord, that might um, be a young mom or it might be a, a husband in the church that could use a friend. That, Lord, we could come alongside and do life with. It might be um, our grandson or granddaughter. It might be a niece or nephew. It might even be um, our own kids, Lord, and even our own spouses. But, God, would you help us to see the people that you place in front of us and to intentionally point them back to you. That, God, we would choose a good name over money. That, Lord, we would, would choose to point people back to you as opposed to being right. That, God, you would help us to make you smile and to make much of you and to glorify you in every aspect of our life and in every relationship that we have. Thank you, God, for all that you've done. In your name we pray. Amen.